Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas today. A topic we haven't covered, a category we haven't covered ever. I'm so excited. We're talking snowboards. We're talking skateboards and everything else around that. I can't even wait. Um, we're going to launch into today. <laughs> You're going to get that in just a minute. Um, with my guest, John Callahan, he's owner and, la- and he, he started a company called Launch Snowboard. So John, it's so great to have you on the podcast. Hey, Justin. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. I am excited. I'm, I, I will say I'm more of a skier, Okay, but I know tons of people and many of my friends are snowboarders and it feels like skateboarding has like come to life again. I can't wait to ask you about that. Um, But before we jump into your company and this whole category of product, how about sharing with our audience a little of your background? I mean, you're a professional snowboarder, but share share some of your background with us. Yeah, uh, I definitely started off as, you know, a pro snowboarder. I don't think my parents ever thought I would go that (laughs) path, but... You know, how does that I work? Did end how- up, uh, <laughs> it, it's it's kind of crazy. And, you know, the world has changed so much even in that space. But, you know, typically the way it started off would be you would get discovered by, you know, usually a sales rep or someone working for a company in the snowboard industry or skate industry. And then, you know, you would ride for them, which you were like a rep rider. So you start off at like a low level and then as you progress and whether you do video shoots, magazine, um, contests, all that kind of stuff, you know, you kind of move up the ranks. So that's kind of really how it started for me. Uh, I just got discovered at my local resort, um, ironically in New Jersey, which some people don't even know there is a resort there and others remember the fact that it had some of the Olympic qualifiers and you know, a massive super pipe on the East coast, right. which was like a big deal. Totally. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's really how I got discovered. And then, um, you know, and there were a lot of really big people who, um, got discovered out of there as well. And then the typical thing is you move out West, whether it be, you know, Colorado, Utah, or California sure. and pursue the the bigger terrain, you know, go where there's more consistency with a longer season. And um, that's pretty much how it happened. And that's kind of how it happened for me. And do you continue to develop? I know you, uh, you, uh, you were in that for like 12 plus years or so. Like, do you continue to develop your skills or are you kind of a master at some point? And then you, you could, uh, you know what I mean? Are you always learning still or trying new things or like, and I think it's, it's really come to life obviously in the Olympics and the X games and whatnot, but give us some sense for that sport. Yeah. I mean, you're, you know, you're always progressed progressing. I mean, it's just one of those things. It's, um, and the industry on a whole and athletes on a whole are like the stuff that's happening is insane. (laughs) You know, when I, when I was, you know, riding, you know, it, it it wasn't as focused as it is now. I mean, you have men and women who, you know, like some of them just solely do rails and then you have the other ones who, our terrain park, or as you know, we call it park and slope. And then you have half pipe. But back when I was riding, you kind of had to be 
somewhat of a master of all of it, or at least have some kind of, you know, wherewithal to hold your own because those were the people who were really, you know, getting paychecks and getting sponsorship. Got it. So, um, but you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy how the industry has progressed because I mean, it really was like, you know, all of it surf, skate, snow, it was just all, you know, a subculture and, you know, now, now we're talking Olympics and it's just like, you know, it's, it's really insane. And even like the really gear, is. I mean, everything around it, you know, there's kind of this cool look. If you're a snowboarder, you wear, you don't wear what I wear when I'm skiing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's just different, you know? <laughs> no, definitely, you know, it's very um, fashion forward. Right. I mean, it. you know, you'll see people who are so decked out and, you know, like I go to the resorts now and I, you know, back in the day, like it would just be, if someone was really decked out with all the latest gear and just had their style dialed and you were just like, Oh, that person's probably sponsored. Now it's like, everyone looks like that. So, you know, <laughs> until so you actually funny. see them riding, you don't know who's don't who know. And everything else. Yeah. It, it's pretty wild. Wow. That's crazy. Um, yeah, that's crazy. So, all right. So you're in the sport. You obviously know it inside and out. How did you decide to launch your own company in this this world? And, and, and what were the kind of the first steps to get started? Well, you know what? It was probably a whole lot of frustration. Um, during the time, the industry was changing a lot. You know, I had some of the biggest names around me sponsoring me. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to really fit in on the marketing meeting uh, product development meetings I was involved with, regardless of who my sponsor was. If I was writing for an outerwear company, I was sitting in the meetings during the development process and, you know, let's tweak this, let's adjust this, make it longer, you know, whatever it might be. And then if it was your boot sponsor, you know, adjust the arch, you know, make the boot wider, make it narrower, what, whatever it was. So I was totally involved all the way around. And then I guess it really just kind of, you know, you kind of, I don't want to say you age out, but you know, that's really kind of a choice. Um, You know, I think once, I think a lot of people in the industry, once you hit like, it keeps getting younger and younger, but like you hit 24, 25, you're, you're like sitting there old. Going, oh, oh, what do I do next? Right. Like, I feel like, you know, I'm a senior citizen and I should be on my way to retirement. And it, it's so fast forward and different than everything else in the world. Sure. So, you know, I really definitely focused on what my next phase was. And, you know, luckily being involved on the R&D and the marketing, that really allowed me to think about things in the industry that weren't being done, what I want to bring to market, seeing how brands operate. And it eventually gave me like basically the skill set to, you know, do my own thing. Sure. Love that. And so, um, and, and yeah, you got to have insider view and knowledge. So why not start a business in that space? Um, what were the first steps to get started? You know, it's one thing to say, I think, uh, you know, I know a lot. It's another to start a business around it and start getting, you know, sourcing product and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot different now. I mean, we're almost as a brand, we've almost been in the market for, you know, technically 10 years. We kind of officially went to market in 2012. Um, It was a lot of trial and error. And I mean, even to this day, 
it's not unusual for us if it's a specific product that really we're putting a lot of you know testing behind it, it takes time to bring it to market so um you know probably i would say we probably started the process in 08 um kind of playing around with things and then like i said it took almost four years it, it, it almost took four years to uh, get to that point to feel like we were in a place to bring it to market. And, you know, we started off with snowboards. Wow. That was the first uh, product. And was that because you knew that part of the industry so well? You know what I mean? Was that because you had spent so much time there? It, it kind of, yeah, it kind of just, I don't want to say it was the easiest because in hindsight, <laughs> it, it kind of wasn't, you know, like looking back at it now. But yeah, it was definitely one of those things where I knew it. So, and I had a lot of connection. So it was, you know, what you hear a lot of times, like you make the product. I was living out of hotel rooms. Right. Um, <laughs> I was driving around all over the place with my car, you know, um, getting the product to people, introducing to retailers, doing trade shows. Sure. Um, you know, all the stuff that's kind of since COVID right. kind of disappeared or right. adjusted. But um, yeah, that was kind of the process. And, you know, it really did take a while to find the right manufacturer. And um, luckily, I would say probably, I, I think it was probably like 2009, somewhere around there, like I found a really solid factory. Um, a person who was really dialed with really being on the same page with me of what I wanted to make in the way of a snowboard. And we've been basically working together ever since. Wow. Now, what, how did you find that manufacturer and why was it so difficult? I mean, we, we have a lot of entrepreneurs on that are making product and it's a similar story, right? Either you had to leverage a network or you had to just trial and error. Like, what did that look like for you? Well, you know, the people we were working, we had all types of crazy stuff go on. So like when we were first trying to get everything rolling, we were trying to do it domestically. We were very limited on who we could work with. Um, some of the fact, uh, the craziest part was we had this factory in Canada who was doing stuff for us. And then all of a sudden it was, we're waiting for product to come in and it never was happening. And I mean, it was just a lot of samples, a lot of product that had been tested and kind of refined to get to the right people to make sure it was ready to go to a consumer market. And the product never came. Wow. And later, (laughs) well, it was, it was really like the weirdest thing ever because essentially we found out they didn't pay their taxes. And the government seized them. All our stuff was seized. Our money was gone. Oh it, my it was gosh! Just like, it was over. You know, like that part what? of it was just that was it. And it was really wild. I think we got a handful of boards, but it you know it it wasn't it didn't help recoup money or anything like that. And it, so you know, what did you, you do? Uh, you kind of just regroup and uh, hard lesson learned and realize the money's gone. I mean, we really didn't have much recourse. So, um, and then like, you know, we did a lot of stuff here in the States and we realized we were limited with, you know, some of the things we wanted to do. And some of the people producing for us were essentially would be our competitors who are now our competitors today. But, um, you know, the craziest thing happened for me, I was living out in Tahoe at the time and 
it was early season. I mean, it was pro it was right before the holiday season. So it was December and we had had a bunch of, you know, big snowfall. So it was, we got to the resort super early, went out riding and, you know, I ended up getting hurt. Like oh, seriously, no. hurt. Uh, broke three ribs, oh. uh, collapsed my, my right lung oh. and off to the, you know, trucky hospital, uh, or Tahoe trucky, whatever right. it's called. Oh, I don't geez. even know if it's still called that today, but yeah, like taken out with the paramedics, the whole bit. And, um, it was just the craziest thing because my phone was almost dead and I got this phone call, which I think it came in from like a California number or something. I just happened to answer it because, you know, so many different people were calling to check in on me. Sure. And um, it turned out to be the person who I work with to this day. And wow. he was starting up a new factory. Um, he called me up. He had been doing stuff domestically here in the States. And, you know, we probably had like a 20, 30 minute conversation. And he was like, hey, you know, I heard you're working on some new things. Um, you know, you pay your bills. You're trying to be innovative. You know, I think I might have some things for you. Wow. And, you know, it just kind of progressed from there. And, you know, we covered a whole bunch of things of what I was looking to do. And uh, I think by the time it, it was pretty quick, he turned around samples for me super, super quick. And that was, you know, the beginning of me working with um, Bamboo, which has been a big part of a lot of our boards. Sure. And uh, he got that out to us, I would say, like within two weeks. So, like, by the time I came back home, back east for the holidays, um, I already had samples. I put them out to the preliminary group of people who were on, you know, our team at the time. And the response was pretty overwhelming on how good the product was, um, the quality, the craftsmanship, uh, just the durability of the product. And then we just refined it from there. And that really helped us officially go to market in 2012. Wow. So it was really like, you know, there's no, I think in business, it's just a series of mistakes <laughs> and setbacks. Right. And, you know, it's kind of being resilient and, you know, persevering through it because I, I mean, even, you know, I've had people around me more recently say, man, remember when that happened? Right. You know, I, I can't believe you're standing here and wow. I can't believe the company is where it's at. But you know, I, I think when people really want to talk about what they've been through, I think a lot of people would be surprised. Right. It's not it's not like you just like <laughs> you, you just know, don't make a product overnight and start selling. <laughs> right. Yeah, it, it's you know, my friends and I who are in business, you know, we laugh about it. You know, sometimes you're a 10 night, 10 year overnight success. Or right. <laughs> totally. Your overnight success. Like, you know, the, the people it takes very time to have the early. Yeah, you're very fortunate to have early adopters come in and, you know, pick up what you're doing and be excited about it and be loyal followers. And I mean, that's why we got to where we are today. Sure. But it, it really does take a lot of trial and error. And, um, you know, I always tell people, you know, there's always these unforeseeables that you really can't predict. You're, there's no matter how well you try to insulate yourself and protect 
you never know what's going to happen. Absolutely. And it's just, it's part of the game. It's part of the process. And we've definitely had our fair share of it. So John, everyone was, in business does. No doubt. Did, and you know, it took a couple of years. You had the, 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 the issue and then you get this phone call. And was there a point where you really thought, okay, it's actually, this could work. This is going to work. I, I see positive. I, people are interested in our product. Um, you know what I mean? Was there a point where you're like, okay, I think we have something here. I think, you know, it's weird to think about that now. There was probably a series of things that happened, but at the time, you kind of just, at least for me, I never thought about it. Right. Makes sense. Yeah, I just, you know, and and even to this day, like, you know, I set goals and, you know, people around me are like, hey, you achieved that. And I'm like, oh, that's great. And then I'm just like, let's focus on this. So, you know, but in (laughs) hindsight, you know, there were, you know, we had some of our competitors ripping us off on what we were doing. We're trying to replicate some of the stuff we were doing in our boards. So, or then we were kind of starting to see it a little bit from the graphic side because we always were, we always got a lot of good praise about our graphics. Um, so, you know, and I had some friends who had been in, the, in you know, the space and different categories, whether it's skate or surf, and some of them had said to me, you know, someone ripping you off is the highest form of flattery. Right. <laughs> so I'm glad I was kind of told that because, you know, everyone else around you is like, Oh, you need to sue. And it's right. like, that's crazy. Like, no, like, so it, it just, it was just a, a series of things that happened. And I mean, I think probably the moment when I realized we were onto something and it still is very mind boggling to me to, to this day is we have people who year after year buy the same board, the same model. <laughs> Maybe they might adjust the size, right? but every year when we release the board, right. you know, oh, like, they're ready to buy it. That's so funny. Like with a new design on it? it is that what they're picking up? Yeah, you know, so it's, funny. it's got the new graphic. Right. So for instance, like the Eco board, which is primarily bamboo, I mean, we have so many customers who literally have the boards from the first year we released oh and, that's so cool you know, even more recently i've gotten word from like our staff that's like hey you know this person always said if you don't have this model or you need it for the office or anything down the road to just give them a shout and it's kind of crazy that that's that kind of happened <laughs> and then i think the other thing too was at the, the time like specifically when we released the eco board it was such at that time, the high-end board, it was pretty expensive. Some of the retailers we were working with were kind of skeptical. Right. You know, yeah, it's tough for them to make the margin. Like, right. I bring it in? Yep. You know, is it going to sell? And I remember one retailer in particular, I ended up bringing the product to and doing the product demo and giving the staff the whole rundown on it. And um, I think we did that on a Thursday. And they had reached out to us by Sunday. Saying like, oh, wow. hey, we're, we're sold out of all the boards. <laughs> At first, they didn't even want them. <laughs> well, yeah, it's weird. Like, they wanted certain models, and, right. they were, you know, <laughs> they were trying to be, you know, price conscious, knowing their consumer. Right. And then, you know, like, you, you get this response from them on a Sunday. I mean, it's not even four days, and they're like, can we get more inventory? <laughs> and then, you know, you end up having a conversation with them, and, like, I'll never forget, it was specifically the eco board 
it was like, yeah, that's such an expensive board, but we literally had customers come in and they bought two of them. Wow. And I'm like, two wow. of them. I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? And they're like, they bought, you know, this customer came in and bought one for his like man cave and put it on the wall. <laughs> on the wall? And the other one was for riding. Oh my so gosh. We're like, and it just continued doing that. And it, it, it's, it's just amplified since then. So I would say that was probably the de- defining moment that you're like, wow, this is like nuts. You know, That's it's crazy. like once again, <laughs> it's unforeseeable, but in the opposite direction, it's a good thing. And you're just kind of, wow, this is crazy. That is crazy. Um, what about like the actual production and, you know, getting inventory and figuring out how much to order of what? I mean, did you know that up front or did you have help with that? What did that look like? Well, you know, for us, I, I wanted to do something special. And I mean, when we were trying to do the sourcing and the manufacturing, I mean, it was ridiculous. You know, <laughs> I, I realized like the trade shows. Well, it was just like, you know, all these people want to meet you. And when you're the newer brand, it, it's like the factories, usually the first day of the trade show, you have like, the factories usually walk the floors really early and they're all trying to set up appointments with you. And, you know, I would take a lunch with them or hear them out if I had the time. And one after the other, it was just more crazy than the next. Right. It would be like, well, oh the way we do it. Uh, yeah. It was just like the minimums were like, well, we'll do one size, one skew, and you need to do like several thousand of them. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> that's crazy and, and you know it's like not not that you're sitting there saying well it, you know my brand's not good enough and sure. we won't move these but you know at the time i was sitting there thinking like well skiing and snowboarding like the value of the product is already like getting killed right so why is the natural reaction to make more of it like you should control your numbers and Honestly, that's how I've run the business from day one. We always controlled how many we produced into the market. So by doing so, it kept the desirability up. Got and it. I mean, it, it just it was just a smart thing to do because, you know, to have a business is one thing, you know, anyone I think in a lot of ways can start a business, but a brand has a different feeling and a different component. And if a brand is everywhere, you have to kind of make that decision. Like, am I going to be the brand that everyone wants and I'm mad? Or am I going to be the brand that, like, there's a reason people are coming to me? Right. And why do people feel that way about my brand? And we just wanted to do, we always wanted to do something special. And we also realized we weren't for everybody. Right. So there was no point in doing this huge volume. And, you know, a lot of the industry discounts stuff out really quick. Like right. We have very rarely discounted out. We we give discounts. I, honestly, I, I don't even think we've done discounts in a really long time at this point. But like, you know, it just is one of those things. Like it just didn't make sense. Right. And then and, what, what about... Know, volume wasn't the play. No, sure. What about... How did you decide to get into skateboards? Is that an easy addition when you make snowboards? Well, you know, when I started the brand, I wanted to do, I just wanted to be full spectrum. You know, it was never just going to be a snowboard brand. 
So, but, you know, even when I started it as a snowboard brand, people are like, you're crazy. You're going to lose all your money. <laughs> right. You're not. Right. You know, I got so much pushback. And, you know, probably the other defining moment was a lot of those people who said I would never make it were the first people coming to work for me ah, or asking to that's work for business like two years later. Oh, yeah. So that was like another moment that you're kind of like, okay, I'm on to something. Right. Like, <laughs> but, um, I want to come work for you. That's just, funny. So it, it, to me, the, skate, the skateboard thing was another thing that kind of took a while. Um, we played around with it. Um, then finally, like when we were able to find a process of incorporating bamboo, it made the deck stronger. It gave it more pop. Um, it lasted longer because my focus was if we can make a street skateboard really durable and have a reason for people to come to us and they notice a difference, then we're on to something. Because sure. everything was just, you know, Canadian maple. That's right. all it was. Got so, it. you know, and, and the space, like, to be honest, like, it's kind of like people don't like change. So when you do make change, people are skeptical. They're just, they're so scared. They right. just don't know what to think. And they're not willing to just jump on board. Right. So we knew that. But the crazy part was, you know, for me having the connections I had, when we started the skateboards and what we did was we put them out to some of the athletes who, you know, had pro programs with, you know, whether they were a pro skater for Adidas or Nike SB. And um, when we got good response from that, we we're like, okay, this is good. Sure. And then we went to some of the really core lifestyle influential skate shops right and when they took the product on and moved through it really quick we're like okay we're this is we got this dial we can move forward with this and got it that just is how it happened and uh you know it's some you know i, I think a lot of people think i'm a perfectionist in things that i do but you know i, I just don't want bad product in the market sure no so it makes you sense gotta make sure it's on point gosh it's crazy what's next for you for the brand um in terms of growth what are the keys to to you know your growth in the next six to 12 months well you know we since now we've had the pandemic it's been interesting but we already had it in play um we just really dialed down having a very select few retailers um from the you know, domestic side in the U.S., we're only going to work with select retail partners. Um, and those deals are going to be way more exclusive. And that's kind of how we're keeping it. We're keeping it very tight. Um, obviously, e-commerce was always a big push. So uh, we will now be seeing, you'll see more releases just coming out on a weekly basis, which we've already started to do and it's worked quite well for us. So those are kind of the big things that I think a lot of people are trying to do, but for our space, it's always made sense. Um, that's kind of where we're at and we're trying to transition. We've opened up a lot of international distribution and we're trying to replicate that model in other parts of the world. And probably what we will do um, we will probably start opening up a flagship store. You Got know, it. we'll start with wow. one and kind of figure it out from there. That's um, really, really cool. It's 
Yeah, we got a lot of things in place. And, you know, obviously COVID was a very interesting thing because it, you know, it, it really allowed you to, I think we were in such a routine of trying to hit deadlines, get things done. And then it kind of gets to this point, you're, you know, everyone's stalled up. Everyone's right. the supply chain right. destroyed. Um, shipping and logistics is still a nightmare. And, you know, it, it took that time to really sit back and think about things and how you want, you know, your business to run and the life that you want to have as a result of your business. So for us, it was definitely the releases and, you know, kind of like I said, going back to the fact that we've always had customers who wanted every model, every graphic that came out, like we've just had a list building up, like a waiting list for specific models. Sure. So wow. we, we really, we're, we're revamping everything. We have three websites that will be going live very soon. Um, one will focus on the snow side of things. So that will be kind of like your go-to for the technical side of things Got uh, it. for anything pertaining to the snowboards. Cause you know, it's, if you're a gearhead in that space, you want to know all the specs. So totally. we know that <laughs> and we cater to it. Then you kind of have that side on the skateboard side and you want to know who's the team riders and who's associated. And then we're going to have one site that will be focused on all the new releases. So, you know, it'll be that site will be really whatever's coming out. You know, that's where you can really know what's going on. Jump on it when it comes out and hopefully you're able to get it. So um, that's kind of how those are probably the biggest things. We also have a few other things we're working on that I can't talk about, but sure. I will say probably in the next year, you know, people will be like, how the hell does this brand do this? You know, at <laughs> I least can't that's even wait. <laughs> Dude, you got to come back on once this news is out and talk about it. It'd be great to have you back. Yeah, no, we definitely will. You know, it's uh, the, the, just the toughest part is, I mean, you know, we're all trying to navigate this crazy new I don't know if we even call it post-COVID world yet, but nothing moves fast. Any deals you're working on are tough. And, you know, the other thing that we're doing that's new, too, is, you know, we've had an overwhelming amount of people come to us for collaboration. Oh, wow. That's cool. um, Yeah, that 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 will be a big uh, focus, and that's really cool. That's awesome. Ever since we started the brand, we always had, all different companies come to us and it kind of got to this point like well why do we have to do a multi-year deal with one company right like why can't <laughs> you we don't. just work with all of them <laughs> you can you work know? with all so, that's right yeah so it's it, you know the fact that you know i'll be able to work and be creative and you know the design process and the marketing side that's 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 the stuff that's really exciting and you know the team that's around me building everything out is uh you know we're all excited about what's going to happen. So it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. I love it. Sure. Hey, interesting is good and exciting. Um, what a great story of your brand and, and having those challenges up front and then, you know, to where you are today in the future. It's so exciting. Um, and so much runway still in front of you. Um, share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, buy your apparel when it's back in stock. I was like going to get a t-shirt and like the beanie hat and it says sold out. So <laughs> I bet you yeah, sell this stuff uh, like crazy. I mean, this stuff, I bet yeah, flies. It's, it's really nuts. I mean, you know, it's uh it's always been that way and it's, so it's crazy. just gotten even crazier but um yeah if you're looking for us um the new site that will be coming out will be launched 
NYCA, so as in New York, California. Um, that will be where all the releases will be. And then if you're looking for the specific categories, it will be launched snowboards, which is currently up yep. and will actually be, uh, there's a whole redesign and the whole back end's being finished up as we speak and awesome. then launch skateboards. So, um, that's basically the whole family of where everything can be found, depending on what you're looking to get. I love it, man. It's been so great having you on. I, I, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not an expert on this space or this industry, but what's so obvious is just how you've taken your experience and knowledge and converted that into products people want and love. And then you almost made it an experience to be part of like launch. It's so cool. And I hope you'll come on down the road and share more with us as you continue to grow. Yeah, definitely. I'd love that. I appreciate you having, you know, me on here and I'm definitely looking forward to, you know, coming back and, you know, telling you, I guess, essentially the next chapter of what's going on with the brand. (laughs) I love it. We will do that, man. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.